Okay, so last week, guys, we were talking about um, the foundation, creating the foundation as you go forward with your moving. Now, when you're talking to clients, um, you know, typically speaking, a lot of you are going to start off with leasing. And, you know, I always like to say leasing is actually the most complicated part of commercial real estate. Um, you know, anything can be negotiated in a lease. A sale is pretty straightforward. You have, you know, a, a sale is pretty much you go into escrow, do you due diligence, you um, close escrow. You know, pretty straightforward lineage. A lease, however, any and everything can be negotiated, and it's for a period of time that can typically for five years or longer. So with that in mind, you have to really start thinking about not just what's currently happening right now, but what's going to happen with your client, what are their expectations and needs down the road, five years from now, 10 years from now, even 15 years from now if it's a long-term, like triple net type lease. So really keep that in mind, and that's why it can be a lot more difficult to actually negotiate and do a lease. In fact, I mean, key point, some leases can be over 100 pages in length. Uh, most purchase and sale agreements are about eight pages. So, you know, it tells you what's a little bit more difficult and what's a little bit easier for others. So, quick recap, though, on the types of leases. Okay, you have commercial leases. Most commercial leases are either going to be a full-service gross, modified gross, or triple net. So, in a full-service gross lease, um, I like to liken it almost kind of like a apartment building. Um, apartment plus. So, everyone's rented an apartment before. And in a full-service gross lease, it's full service. So everything's included in that lease other than the uh, phone service, your Internet service, your day-to-day -day kind of things. Now, as far as the building itself is concerned, they supply janitorial, they supply the utilities in a full-service gross lease. In a, uh, They also pay for the insurance and the taxes and all that. Um, now, in a modified gross lease, it is exactly that. It's a gross lease that's been modified so that the tenant is responsible for some additional expenses. That may be, and typically it's net of janitorial and utilities. And when you hear the net of, what that means is that it is the, uh, whatever's after that net of is what the tenant's responsible for. So when it's net of janitorial and utilities, the, in addition to the rent, the tenant is also responsible for janitorial and utilities. The last type of lease is a triple net lease. Typically has a lower base rate than uh, the full service gross lease or modified gross lease. Uh, but a triple net lease, the tenant actually reimburses the landlord for everything, all the expenses that have to do with the property. That includes uh, property management fees, property taxes, property insurance, um, repairs, maintenance, all that has to be included. Now, a couple things to be aware of when it comes to those types of leases is that in a full-service gross lease, even though the tenant's not responsible for reimbursement, they typically have what they call a base year, okay? And that base year is usually the year that they start, the tenant starts operation. Um, so let's say you signed the lease in 2022. 2022 is your base year. Now, why that's important is almost all leases have a clause in there that the tenant's responsible for the increase in expenses above a base year. So now what that means is that let's say in 2022, the expenses in the building were $100,000 and you occupy 10% of the building. That's your base year, so you're not responsible for any of those expenses or reimbursements to the landlord. 
let's say the following year, the expenses go up to $120,000. Now, the difference is $20,000 from your base year, from $100,000 to $120,000. Tenants are responsible for the full amount because you only occupy 10% of the building. But you, so you would be responsible for 10% of that to be reimbursed. That's only $2,000. That is the difference between the base year expense and the next year's expense. So when you negotiate these commercial leases, part of what you're negotiating can also be clauses where we put caps. You can put a cap in your base year increases um, or your triple net expense increases. You know, for instance, in California, we have Prop 13, which caps the, or, or um, uh, the property taxes aren't reassessed every year. They're only reassessed upon a sale or upon major improvements to the property. Um, so since they're not reassessed every year, the property taxes stay the same. But when they do sell, this could be a property that hasn't sold for 20 years, and the property taxes are based upon the sales price. So you could have a huge increase in your expenses that would be passed along to all the tenants. So a good broker may try and negotiate carve-outs, saying that, you know, we're, the tenant's not going to be responsible for any increase in expenses above the base year due to a sale of the property or due to a transfer of the property that's not a sale. Um, like, you know, for instance, let's say there's a death in the family and the heirs take it, they could, they'll get a stepped-up basis, but also the property will be reassessed. So there are different things you can carve out. You can also carve out certain things that um, potentially you may not use or utilize in that lease. Um, one of the things also to remember, though, is when you're negotiating on behalf of the client is to put things in as well. You know, for instance, I had a client that had therapy dogs. And, you know, therapy dogs are not protected under ADA compliance. So we had to make sure that in her location that she was authorized, the landlord approved and let them uh, make sure that she could bring her dogs into her business as part of the therapy animals, which was part of her business as well. So you have to really take into consideration any and everything that can affect your client's business. Okay, what to do, how to negotiate it, how to um, go in there. And then you can also, when you're negotiating, try and figure out what you can do. Like, for instance, certain things and certain tactics that you might be able to do is maybe start a lower base uh, face rate uh, on the initial term when it's a newer business with higher increases so that you get to market quicker. Um, so there's different opportunities that you can do and you can negotiate. So that, that's why I say that leasing can be... Uh, some of the most complicated aspects of commercial real estate. Now, managing expectations, okay? With your clients, it's very important to manage their expectations. What I mean by that is there are expected timeframes, um, especially if they've never done this before or if they've only done this once or twice or, you know, even three times. Um, you know, a lot of times the clients, uh, on their first time going out looking at a lease, they may luck out and they find something the first day and they go in and take a look at the property and everything runs perfectly smooth and they sign a lease in a week or two. Um, I can tell you that's highly unusual. Okay. Um, typically our timeframes, when we, when I talk to my clients, I let them know that we're, we want to start looking, generally speaking, at the very minimum, 
three months beforehand, preferably six months to a year, depending on the size of the tenant, beforehand. And there's a couple reasons why. You know, let's say in a perfect world, I have a client right now and uh, just picked up a new client. We then go and talk about their needs. We decide to tour the property. Uh, we narrow down our search criteria to four or five properties that we tour in one day. And you know what? It's a perfect world. So the second property that we look at is the perfect property for the client. They want to write an offer on it. Okay. From there, we've already spent three days now setting up the tours, reviewing the properties, a minimum of three days, and setting up the tours and getting ready to go out. So that's three days right there. We then write what we call a LOI, letter of intent, to express the general interest in that space for our client. The landlord will get it, and let's say it's a perfect world, they take two days to respond. We're now at five days. We take a look at that. Even if everything's completely acceptable, we can say, great, let's go to leases. That can take anywhere from three to five business days to get a lease done. We're now at eight to ten business days just to get the draft lease. From there, our, your client now has to review that draft, draft lease and make their comments to that, make their changes. They should have an attorney lined up ahead of time so that they can move relatively quickly and make those comments back. Once they make those comments back, the landlord then will review and comment back again. Again, that's another three to five business days, probably close to five with the two, with the your the tenant doing the review and commenting and then the landlord reviewing. So we're now at three weeks. Just and this is a perfect world. Okay. Assume the landlord accepts it, there are no other changes. They go and they finalize the lease and it goes out for signature. Once it goes out for signature, all the parties have to sign the lease. In addition to that, all funds, uh, there should be a, a change of uh, money or funds, uh, good faith. You know, typically a deposit as well as the first month's rent. Okay. From there, we then go in. If it's a straight office lease, let's hope it's maybe it's the perfect space. It's already built out. It's a spec suite, and they can move in right away. Typically speaking, though. Most tenants want some sort of change to the property. And the landlords obviously are not going to make those changes until the lease is signed. So in a office type scenario where a landlord makes most of the tenant improvements or does most of the tenant improvements themselves or through their own contractors, um, once the lease is signed, they will then have a space planner signed as well as a architect and they'll draft up the space plan. That has to be reviewed by your tenant. And, you know, that's another three to five days right there. Once that's been approved, they go out and get bids for that. That's going to take another week. Once they have the bids, they're now going to start the construction. Okay. Depending on the type of construction, you know, it can be anything as simple as three days for maybe it's just uh, carpet paint, some changing of some uh, doors and maybe taking a wall out or so. So they're well, not, not taking a wall out, but as simple as three days for basic my, uh, cosmetic stuff, it could take as long as six months in some municipalities for a full build out, especially in a high rise. What you have to remember is in a high rise, there are additional inspections. 
So you have to build that time frame in with your client's expectations. What I mean by additional inspections is all high-rises have fire life safety systems. So whenever you make a small change, even though it may be something as small as I'm just going to remove this one wall, um, it affects the way the sprinklers and the sprinkler system is all set up. So you have to have an inspector come in from the fire department that has to sign off on it before the building and safety signs off on it. Extra layer of inspections, extra time. So in a perfect world, there is absolutely nothing that needs to be done to the space. Everything works perfectly. You find the right property on the very first tour, the very first day. Negotiations go smoothly. We still tell our clients, expect three weeks minimum, three to four weeks. Okay? If there's any kind of construction that's necessary, depending on what it is, we're now looking at two to three months minimum that we should be looking for spaces. Larger spaces are going to take more time because it's just going to take more time to do the construction and, and find larger spaces that fit at this time. Now, when we come to retail, that's where you have to really start looking at certain things because there's a lot of times there's contingencies because certain types of retail use are not allowed. So now when it comes to retail leases, it's a little different in that we also need to build in time frames for approvals from the city because you don't want to start the construction or the tenant is typically responsible for the construction. They may get an allowance from the landlord that's negotiated by you. Um, but at the same time, you're not going to start those tenant improvements or construction until the use has been approved. And depending on the use, there's so many factors that go into it, um, even if it's a retail space. Um, just because it's a commercial space doesn't mean that that use is approved. So we have to make sure that the city approves the type of use, even if it's zoned for it. A lot of times the zoning, um, they may require CEP, conditional use permit, um, and that's where you have to build that time frame in for the lease time frame, a contingency. You know, and depending on the city, I've seen cities take as long as six months to prove a use. Highly unlikely. Most places are typically about one to two months for approval of use. Um, but there are certain cities, certain municipalities that are known to be a little bit more difficult to work with, um, that take their time, especially in this post-pandemic world right now, um, where a lot of government, uh, government, uh, entities are still working via Zoom. So we have to understand that and build those timeframes in. And then from there, once that is built in, you know, you do have that. Then you have to still start the construction. So you want to build all that into your leasing and your the lease itself so that your client is protected as best as possible so they're not coming out of pocket paying for something that they can't use. Okay? So that's really what we want to look at and how to go about it. Um, when it comes to the leasing and negotiating is understanding what fits your client's needs. There's different, definitely different ways. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this, um, uh, in the next class about class about securitizing leases, different creative ways to securitize leases when your client doesn't have the money. So, you know, that's going to be a fun one there. Um, always something people don't like to talk about money, <laughs> but a necessary evil. So, 
you know, ultimately we talked about the different types of leases. You have triple net, full service gross, modified gross. Um, we talked about what you can negotiate or what you should be looking at. Part of that's time frames. Part of that may be tenant improvements. Part of that may be um, uh, free rent, abatement of rent during the construction or even after. Um, and then the expected time frames, managing expectations. Um, part of what you're going to do is also once the lease is signed, your job's not done, especially if there are contingencies. You want to make sure that you follow up to make sure that everyone is doing their job so you hit these expected time frames. One person letting something slip through can ruin the whole deal. So follow up, follow up, follow up, and you should have a deal then moving forward. Any questions? Yes, when you're asking about, when we're talking about permits and you say sometimes it can take a few months, um, are they basically just going through their rent abatement or do they not begin their lease until they get such permits? Uh, you know, great question. So the question is that um, when we're talking about getting the permits and it may take a few months, is that part of the rent abatement that you may negotiate? Um, not really a simple answer because I can give you a yes and no. It depends on what you negotiate. Typically, though, not really. What you're going to do is you're going to have a lease commencement date, which will be based upon, because, you know, obviously the tenant has no right to the building until the lease is signed. So you'll have a lease commencement date, but then you'll have a rent commencement date and a term commencement date that will be three months, four months, six months down the line after they receive their approvals. Okay? So that rent commencement and term commencement doesn't kick in until the city actually approves the property. Um, depending on the municipality, like I said, it could be two months, three months, six months. Um, once that the city does approve the uh, use, then your rent commences and your term commences. So on the rent commencement, though, you may have built in abated rent for months two, three, four, or whatever it may be. So you have the first month's rent, which has already been paid up front, and then it doesn't kick in until the rent commences, the rent commencement date, and then you have the abated rent after that during the tenant improvements. And these dates can all be negotiated? Absolutely. These are all part of the negotiation of what you're trying to look at. Um, typically speaking, just again, expect, you know, setting your expectations for your clients. Um, you don't want to tell them that, you know, we're going to be able to get all of this or we're going to do it this way. A lot of times, you know, the landlord obviously wants the tenant to be motivated and to open as quickly as possible. So, they may try and shorten the dates and time frames. You, you have to negotiate from a realistic standpoint. Um, also, and meaning if you know it's a city that typically gives an approval within a month or two months, don't ask for six months. You know, if you know it's a city, however, that is, and there's a few in, in the Los Angeles area where we're doing our business, um, there's, uh, that can take six months or sometimes longer. And build that in, knowing that, understanding that this is what's going to take that time frame. 
Typically, it is the earlier of, though. The language that's going to be in the lease is going to be the earlier of. So it's going to be um, up to six months or upon approval by the city. Um, so it's the earlier of the city accepting the use or six months time frame. Um, but you, if you built it as a contingency, you can still cancel that. But if you waive that contingency, you're moving forward. You know, I've had a client do that where um, they were right at that three month window for the city approval of their use as well as their plans. Um, the landlord was asking, they felt comfortable enough with the talks with the city to move forward. So they just removed all their contingencies because they really wanted the space and wanted to lock it up. So that is a discussion with the client if they want to do that. Okay. Yes. Uh, when it comes to meeting expectations, are there certain things that we should avoid uh, putting in the lease or just like for the tenant, like the client's sake? Like what are there things that can suddenly, like things to avoid to, um, to so that the escrow doesn't fall through? Yeah. Okay. Good question. Um, no escrow on leases, but I, I, the lease doesn't fall Sorry, through. The lease. I know. <laughs> what I would do is you really want to set those expectations, meaning if a client were to come to me and ask me and say, you know, I want, you know, the rental, the asking rental rates, $60 a square foot, you know, triple net. And they come in and say they want to offer $48 a square foot triple net with carve outs on the triple net plus six months of free rent on a lease that's only five years. I'm up front and saying that's probably not going to happen because market is at that $60 a foot. If we're getting a concession from the landlord, then on the rental rate, they're likely not going to give much more of a concession when it comes to free rent or baited rent. Um, or tenant improvements. So it's all a factor when it comes to negotiating the lease. And, and this is something that I explained to my clients as well. It's a factor of kind of like a triangle where you have the rental rate at the peak. Then you have concessions as far as tenant improvements. Um, and then you have rent abatement. Okay. So all that is based upon what you end up paying for the property um, and the term. You know, you're, you're taking a look at the term, the concessions, and the lease rental rate. Those are the three things that are the main things when it comes to the lease, when it comes to trying to figure out, economically speaking, what can we negotiate. So if you come down and you offer a low rental rate over the face rate, then you're probably not going to get much concessions, okay? And you're probably not going to get a long term because the landlord's going to mitigate that by giving you a shorter term as you grow into it and then go back to market rate rents once your term is over. So you have to understand the longer terms, more security for the landlord. So they're going to give more to the client. Shorter terms, less security. They're not going to give as much. Um, also, if you really come in below market rate rent, then a landlord is less likely to give anything. Okay. So you really want to put your best foot forward um, and really negotiate out and understand what the market is currently doing, what other landlords are giving. And that's where the benefit lies. You know, I, I've had clients tell me before, oh, you know, I've negotiated four leases for my 
for my, uh, uh, for my company. Um, you know, we've been here for 20 years. I've negotiated four leases. I know what I'm doing. Um, that's nice, you know, and not, uh, four leases is a bad month for us. <laughs> so, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from, but four leases does not give you the, uh, understanding of all the intricacies of commercial leases and what you can and can't negotiate. So when I talk to my clients ahead of time and I can explain that, I can say, you know, I completely understand, but my value lies in that I understand what, not just what your landlord's offering, but what other landlords in the immediate area are offering because I'm in this market. This is what I do on a daily basis, not once every five years. 